Good morning, everybody. I wanted to just quickly remind you, if you love B2B SaaS and you're loving all these CEOs I have on, remember, you can get all of their data in a big, beautiful spreadsheet at gitlatka.com. That's G-E-T-L-A-T-K-A.com. So I hope you're enjoying the month. I love December. I love the holidays. And here is our program for today. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when they started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is J.D. Grafum. He's a user experience expert and business leader. He founded his first business, Simple Focus, a digital experience company back in 2009. Today, he manages two digital agencies and six product businesses, all of which are bootstrapped and profitable. J.D., are you ready to take us to the top? Let's rock and roll. So I got an intro from you from a mutual friend, and I don't think that bio does you justice. So I'm going to do you more justice, which is you buy companies right? Smaller SaaS companies, kind of like what I do. And you use your experience to grow them, make them more valuable, and maybe sometimes sell them. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah, sure. That's close enough. Where did I miss? Uh, I haven't really uh, sold anything. I, I, I've gotten rid of one, um, but the rest I'm holding on to. Well, if something's cash flowing, it sometimes doesn't make sense to sell them or get rid of them. Uh, so tell me about this. When you go on the hunt for businesses, what do you look for? What's your average deal? Uh, well, I haven't really been on the hunt too much lately. They've been coming to me. The average deal, I look at anything that's making under $500,000 a year. Um, you talking top line revenue or EBITDA cash flow? I, I don't care about EBITDA. That's small enough that EBITDA doesn't matter. I'm not going to buy anything that's not profitable, which means it doesn't come with a staff. It doesn't come with any significant overhead. What I'm not looking for is anything under... $100,000 a year. So that's my range, 100 to 500. Okay, so let's say I'm going to I'm going to bring a deal to you. I'm going to say, "Hey JD, I've got this company. It's uh, a sales tool kind of widget. It's doing, you know, $400,000 per year top line, so call it, you know, 40 grand, 30, 40 grand per month in MRR. I'm just tired. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, it's currently run by kind of one developer and one product person and one support person. Is that kind of your perfect deal? No, there's too much. Tell overhead. me why. Okay, there's too many people. There's too many people. Yeah, I'm not uh, to this. I'm not saying that I wouldn't buy a company that that has a staff, but so far I haven't. Tell me about your last deal. So the last deal was a company, uh, an app called Curated, which is an email marketing platform. It's you know guys like you who want to be thought leaders. Uh, Curated.co. If you want to check it out, the 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 thing I like about Curated is that it came from a founder who uh, sort of ran it himself and it was running on one developer's time and less than one developer's time. And he had uh, taken a job working for Litmus and Litmus had bought it from him. 
and they were still running it with one, one and a half people. Well, uh, those people didn't need to come with the business. Litmus wanted to hold on to them. But they what wanted to make Litmus, sure that the Is this Litmus.com? Yeah, Litmus, the email, email company. Email software, uh, yep. They do email management or uh, email testing. Uh, so, so Litmus had bought the product and wanted to make sure that it went to someone who would take good care of it. The founder went to Litmus and wanted to make sure that the product was taken care of. But nobody was coming along with the product. And, um, and so we took that over in the last year and have done really well with it. Well, JD, hold um, on, hold on, hold on. So, so the curated founder didn't want to write anymore. So he sold it to Litmus, correct? He sold it. Yeah. He sold it to Litmus and was going to work on it for Litmus. Oh, got it. He was going to stay with Litmus and keep building it. And he did not. Uh, he did stay with Litmus, but, uh, Litmus, decided that uh, it wasn't the strategic fit that they thought it was going to be. And what they wanted to do was take good care of the customers because it had a bunch of really... Uh, How many customers did it have? Hundreds, okay. uh, not thousands. Okay. Smaller, smaller app, right? And um, so how did, you, you, know, how did you get wind of this, of this potential deal? Uh, well, uh, a friend of mine in the industry, uh, Natalie Nagley, who runs wild bit with her husband they own and operate postmark which is another um transactional another another email company a transactional email company as well as a couple other apps so they run multiple SaaS apps used to be an agency natalie and i knew each other because uh she hired garrett diamond garrett is the guy that sold sifter to me so natalie referred paul from litmus this sounds like a gossip magazine at this point uh, so I met Garrett by buying Sifter. Garrett introduced me Spell to Natalie. Sifter. Oh, Sifter, S-I-F-T-E-R-A-P-P.com. Sifterapp.com. Sifter's bug tracking. Yep. Okay. So, so back into curated, that makes sense kind of how the deal came to you. Now, give me the, pro there's people listening right now going, Ooh, I think JD might want my company, right? T tell us how you value these kinds of companies. So low, low overheads key. So like less than one employee, <laughs> right? Less than 500 grand in ARR. How do you value these? Well, I am traditionally uh, more interested in older apps that are simple, what you call CRUD apps. So not complicated technology. I'm looking at things that are going to be easy to operate and don't rely on marketing to, um, hold steady or grow a little bit. I place more of a value and emphasis on something that has stabilized or plateaued that's not shrinking than I do on something that's got one of those sharp growth curves. One of those sharp growth curves and you're growing really fast and I'm not the buyer for that. If you've been running a product for five or 10 years and you're ready for the next challenge or adventure or want to pay off your home and take care of your kid's college or whatever, I'm the guy that buys that. Yep. So can you tell us what the litmus deal was? How much revenue was it doing when you purchased it? Uh, you know, I signed an agreement that said I couldn't say those numbers exactly. Okay. Well, okay. With litmus. Yeah. With litmus. Okay. So, so ignore the acquisition price, but you own the business. So you can tell us about the business. The business had several hundred customers and what was it doing? Uh, per, what's it doing per month now? Uh, well, we are, uh, well, I could pull the exact numbers, but I'm going to, approximate around $140,000 a year. Okay. And so you've, you said you've, you've doubled that since you purchased it from Litmus. I didn't say that though. No. Okay. Do you, well that's, so that's big. You, you wouldn't have bought it at 140 K cause that's way larger than 500 K annually. No, no. 140 K annually. Oh, annually, not monthly. Annually. Got yeah, it. Got exactly. it. Okay. 140 K annually. And yeah, walk so, me, go ahead. 
So the the thing you need to know about uh, when I do an acquisition is I'm not trying to grow it massively, especially not in the beginning. What we wanted to do was buy something that was stable, this was stable, and spend time getting to know the customers and the product before we make any dramatic changes. So we haven't changed a lot about Curated. We've made some small improvements, fixed some minor defects, and really focused on getting to know the customers. Uh, it's year two or three before I really start focusing on uh, taking the product in a new direction or trying to grow it heavily. Got it. So right now, how is it getting new customers if you're not really focused on any paid acquisition or you know acquisition strategy? Sure. Uh, well, it, it's always grown and it's always grown through just sort of this, I don't want to call it viral, but this sort of awareness that happens when someone influential um, uh, gets on the platform and starts their newsletter out because we've got our branding in the footer. That's been the best source of referrals for us. So footer, footer, links, footer links in the newsletter. CRMs might be the tool that I fight with the most. I just haven't found one that I really liked. I don't know if you guys are the same way, but they're just so tricky. And a while ago, I had a guy named John Lee on my show. He's the CEO of ProsperWorks. And he told me they just passed 40,000 customers and 24 million in annual revenue. So they're doing about $286,000 in revenue per employee. And I said, wow, why is this working? And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. So I went to prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM, signed up, and it immediately became clear why it worked. Those of you that love growth hacking, you should go to that link just to see how they do the onboarding. That's prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. In short, it's like magic. You know, I'm not the guy that, you know, finishes the sales call and then takes the time to actually put data into the CRM. They have this magical way of just doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. So every morning when I wake up, I just go, okay, what leads are ProsperWorks telling me to reach out to because they're most likely to close and it works so well. And you guys know I love money and I love only focusing on the leads that are gonna close. So I encourage you to try ProsperWorks. They're sponsoring the show. Check them out at prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. Folks, that's again prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. I don't know how to say this nicely, so I'm just going to say it. You seem like a pretty boring guy, right? Like you're looking at me. You don't give much facial reaction. You're kind of just like, this is how it is. And there's something valuable yeah. to that, right? Because you're not hypey. You're not, you know, we've raised $180 million. It's just, this is how it is. When you acquire companies like this, and let's assume they all are basically the same size-wise as curated. So you got six companies. Uh, well, can you hold on to that question for just a second? Sure. Because I do want to say something. You want to, to def that. You want to defend uh, yourself? <laughs> No, absolutely Accept not. It. Um, no, I've been I've been listening to your podcast, and um, I, I'm not the kind of guy that gets nervous. But I have uh, I have been thinking about how I was going to handle you because <laughs> your podcast, man, you get going and you talk fast, and I'm kind of a slow talker, and I'm pretty chill and laid back. And I'm pretty matter of fact. So I guess I'm handling myself. I'm being me. And you're, you're being you. You're doing just fine, I think. This is valuable. So let's assume all six companies are basically curated, right? So they're each doing about 150 to 200 grand annually. So you've got, you know, add them all together, you know, on the high side, 1.2 million bucks in kind of annual recurring revenue. Uh, I've, got, I've got 750 in recurring revenue. Okay, great. So you'll share that. Wonderful. 750K in, in recurring revenue. Here's my question to you. It sound, you seem like the uh, kind of guy to me, you're optimizing for cash flow. And then you take that cash flow and you go reinvest. I see a hard hat behind you. I see some other things behind you that maybe give me clues to other things that you do. 
how do you decide what money to take out of your companies, your SaaS companies, and where do you decide to put it? Well, I take pretty much all of it out of the companies and either give it to Uncle Sam or buy new companies. <laughs> Uncle Sam, wonderful. Are, are there any ways to take, like, you know, in real estate, you can do a 1031 exchange. Are there ways to avoid taxes when you're taking cash out of these companies and just funnel it into a new company or no? Not really. Um, I, I've talked to my CPA about this because I want to scheme something. And he's like, look, you're, 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 you're in this tax bracket. You're going to be in this tax bracket. You're going to pay 39.5%. I'm like, dang it. Uh, there's nothing you can do. Nothing I can do. No, not at this point. All I can do is, um, you know, take what's left over and, 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 and put it in savings and provide for my family. What's your family look like? I have a wife and three kids. How old are the uh, I kids? I have a four-year-old daughter and, and, and I have a four-year-old daughter and twin boys who are two. Okay, good. So young family. So seven hundred seven hundred fifty grand top line annually. About how much of that goes to the bottom line? And so, can we assume you take out what six hundred six fifty out each year to reinvest? Yeah, pretty much. Um, the the returns I get on these apps are between sixteen eighty percent. Okay. So which you're like, you're, you're, you know, if you look at, you know, Bill Ackman at Pershing square, who's lucky to get, you know, 20% IRR annually in the hedge fund world, you're kicking their butts, right? That's kind of nice, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Come yeah. on, I've, man. Got the I've got the agencies going as well. And, and, and they're much bigger than the apps. So. Yeah. What, that's uh, where, that's where the, that's where the payroll gets made. Yep. So simple focus is your agency. And the, the reason simple I focus, yeah. yeah. The reason I, so here's the reason, like if I was a betting man, I would bet a lot of money on you. I'll tell you why there's this, there's this trend I've seen with some of the most successful entrepreneurs I've interviewed. And when I say successful, I don't mean money raised. I mean, revenue and what's going to the bottom line, very successful. The, the big way they started is they were an agency that got to three or four, maybe 5 million bucks in annual revenue, maybe 20 or 30 employees, maybe 10 to 20 customers and they started seeing every customer having the same problem and they would then go build a tool a SaaS tool and sell it to those customers i think what i'm hearing you're doing maybe you are building some of them what you're doing is you're going okay yeah they all need email marketing let me just go buy cure let me go buy the business and then juice it by selling my agency customers is that the general playbook no uh, so I, I have, uh, a lot more than 10 or 20 customers on the agency side. Um, and not quite, qu not quite the revenue numbers you're talking about, but pretty close and do have about 30 people. So, so that part was okay. Um, I'm not trying to solve my clients problems with these products. I'm trying to solve the products of, of the problems of other agencies. So if there's some sort of uh, method to the madness in, in, in what type of product I'm looking for. It's what I call for us, by us style apps. So apps for small business owners like me, apps for creative agencies and professional services firms. So I've got a bug tracker. I've got email marketing. I've got invoicing and time tracking app. I've what's got a cash flow management one? app. Uh, it's ballpark. Ballpark. Yeah, and, what's ballpark the, .com. and what's the time tracking one? Uh, that's the same thing. Yeah. Got it. Oh, so let me ask you a question. Like, and then the, the cash flow management app is called, yeah, the cash flow management app, since I mentioned it, it's called pulse, pulseapp.com. Spell it. P U L S E pulseapp.com. Pulse app. Yep. Now 
let me ask you a question. So like on curated, if I told you, Hey, this is interesting to me. Like I have a bunch of cash right now. There's not a good, a lot of good places to put it. Real estate in Austin is overpriced. I think the stock market is overvalued. I don't want more exposure to cryptocurrencies. You know, I've got some money. If that curated app is doing 140 K top line and you're taking a hundred grand or call it 120 to the bottom line annually, I could say, you know what? I might be willing to pay, you know, three or four X that, right? Because so like, let's say I'm, I'm going to make this up pay 500 grand for curated in my mind, I'm going, okay, that should drive with very little work about hundred grand in my bottom line each year, which is 20% kind of annual returns. Do you find, do you like to try and find buyers like me for these things? And then you reinvest that 500 grand you get from the exit into other companies or no, do you like to buy and hold these things? Not right now. I mean, if, if I had somebody come along who would overpay slightly, um, I'd consider selling, all of it, but um, it, it would uh, all of the products, but I wouldn't sell 100% at this point. I've got this commitment that I made to the people who I bought from that I was going to take care of the products and own them and operate them and run them. And that's sort of my thing is like I'm buying these for the long term. If somebody wants to come buy a controlling stake and, and, and make that type of investment where, where I can still be running the products and still be cash flowing them and get some sort of liquidity event, then then I'll consider that, but it's going to have to be at a premium. It's going to have to be for the portfolio. I'm not interested in selling off Curator, for example, because while that would be a great return based on what I paid for it, uh, uh, I, I, I sort of have this commitment that I made. And if I'm going to be out there continuing to buy products, I need to be able to keep my word and uh, be sure to you know kind of take care of the people that I'm buying from as much as the customers and the products and worry about myself. So I'm a long-term player. That's good. What what if what if I what if, what if I what if I wrote you a three hundred thousand dollar check for seventy percent of curated? You keep running it. You take all that cash, and then we split annual profits on the thing the, the same way there seventy thirty. I mean, that's the type of that's the type of thing I would look at. Um, it would have to be uh, you know certain certain things would have to be in place to make sure that I was able to keep my promises to the people that I made promises to, and also get the kind of return that I'd want to get. But I'd absolutely consider that. I'm even spinning up a SaaS management company so that um, I can have some sort of long-term agreement to actually operate all of them through a separate entity. And that sort of thing might play into that. Guys, I just bought a brand new three bedroom, three bath in Austin, Texas. I'm going to Airbnb it and make probably two or three grand a month in passive income. It's gonna be an unbelievable investment. But one of the first steps is I have to like buy mattresses, right? I have to get a bed for the extra rooms. And you know, I like a great deal and I didn't wanna spend a ton of money on this. So I decided to go with Casper. They have affordable prices because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to the consumer. I mean, you guys have heard me interview these brands that are doing this direct-to-consumer model. So I also wanted to test it out. And I also like that Casper basically allows me a you know, 100 night risk-free sleep on it trial and a no hassle return if I'm not completely satisfied. In addition, they made it easy for me to purchase. They do free shipping and returns in the US and Canada. Now, when the mail guy dropped this off, I go, Mr. Mailman, are you sure? That's like a small box. How do they do that? They fit a king size in this box and I'm going, okay, this is gonna be interesting tonight. So I unpack this thing, I open it, I lay it down on my rug here on my second floor bedroom and I go, okay, I'm gonna sleep on it tonight, see how it does. This mattress gave me all the support my body could possibly need in all the right places. And I'm thinking, Lord have mercy. 
the mattress can hug me like this while I sleep, I never have to date. I could just build my business, make a lot of money, and never worry about relationships again. No, I'm just kidding, but this thing is a great mattress. It's designed, developed, and assembled in the US, which I love. I encourage you guys to go grab your own, even just to experience Casper's business model. To get started, you can really start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com forward slash top and using promo code top at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Again, get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com forward slash top and using promo code top at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. We became introduced at, a lot of people don't know that I do this on the back end, but I, I'm doing a lot of M&A related work uh, and I put up this database at gitlatka.com with all these companies. And so that's how we got introduced. So I think we probably will cross paths many more times uh, as we go on, but I appreciate your feedback today. Uh, let's wrap up here with uh, the famous five, JD. Number one, what's your favorite business book? My favorite business book is probably good to great. Uh, you can't, you, you know, you can't beat the classics. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? No. Number three, what's your favorite online tool besides one of your own? It's ugly, but it's fantastic. It's goodtodo.com. Goodtodo.com. Have you tried to buy them? Yes. <laughs> Why'd they say no? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, eight. Eight. That's actually pretty good considering you got little three kiddos, right? Yeah, I live a pretty healthy life, and the kids sleep really well. We're really lucky. And you're married, right? So your, your wife obviously helps out there, too. Absolutely. Married, there it is. All right, and how old are you, JD? I am 35. 35. Last question. Take us back 15 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, come on. You knew, it, wish, you knew it was coming. You said you listened to the I show. I knew it was coming. Yeah, you know what? The, the, it's still a good question <laughs> because it changes. My answer changes. I think today... My answer would be that everything's going to be okay. Um, you don't, you don't, you don't need a, a formal training in anything to figure it out. I used to think that I had to be formally trained in business to run a business, and I don't. There you guys have it from JD. JD, I know you listened to the show. Is it what you expected? Now coming on live. Uh, it it seems quicker when you're doing it yourself. All right, good. Why are you listening to the show? You're enjoying it. Who me? Yeah. Why are you uh, listening? I'm, I was doing a little recon for today's interview. You know, we met through a different channel. It wasn't through the podcast. And so I learned about the podcast, uh, uh, you know, it's only been a few months since we first met. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've got about five or six episodes under my belt. There you guys have it from JD. Again, sometimes it is smarter to buy your way into business instead of starting from scratch. He's done it many, many times. Add them all up. He's doing over 750 grand in annual recurring revenue, taking 70 to 80% of that to the bottom line. Not gross margin, but, but net, taking all that to the bottom line. That's just part of what he does. He also has an agency that's doing very, very well. JD, I appreciate you taking us to the top. Thank you.